Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the Ify Market Podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Johto PR. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and our guest today is a B2B marketing powerhouse. He's a New York Times bestselling author, recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama, a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 35 by the United Nations. His marketing blog generates over 4 million visitors a month. The Marketing School podcast generates over 1 million listeners per month. You guys are starting to figure out who this is. His YouTube channel about marketing has over 31 million views and three, no, 765,000 subscribers. And he has 1 million Facebook fans, 372,000 Twitter followers. I feel like I'm reading off the stats of an athlete here. Yes, we're talking about Neil Patel. Neil, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So one thing that was uh, left out of that intro was your presence on Instagram, which happens to be the topic today, B2B for Instagram. So uh, are you on Instagram? Do you have a following there? How's that going for you? I do. It's in the few hundred thousands. I haven't been on Instagram as long as some of the other social sites, but uh, it's growing. And funny enough, I, I love it. It's my favorite social network. Um doesn't generate me the most amount of income or traffic compared to the other social networks. But the reason I love it is it's more personal. So I'm, I'm genuinely really following close friends and uh, seeing what they'll do in their lives and family and stuff like that. So you said more personal. Do you use it primarily for personal stuff or I do or business? And do, you, do those two merge? They do merge. Um, I use it personally for personal because I'm looking at other people's feed and their stories and seeing what they're posting, uh, like family members. I also use it for business because almost all my followers are business oriented and they're not family um, or friends. It's hard to have hundreds of thousands of family. I yeah, mean. <laughs> that's right. And they're, and they're not friends, although I would love to befriend all my followers. It's just, I think it's going to be pretty much close to impossible uh, to get to know each of them on a personal level. So I also use it as a business tool as well to promote my companies. And I'll release like marketing videos and stuff like that. Yeah, full disclosure, I created an Instagram account today for the first time. Um, and uh, played around. I've been researching a, a little bit, so I was, um, you know, not completely ignorant about how Instagram works. But I'd never used Instagram. I'm mostly on LinkedIn because I use social media for marketing, and uh, Instagram was just always seen as more of a consumer networking kind of a, a personal um, platform. So for the B2B side today, and that's going to be the focus. We'll we'll be straying off into all different kinds of areas for, for the listeners here, but always coming back to, you know, how does this work for B2B marketing? I guess your situation is a little different because as uh, Jay-Z would say, you're not a businessman, you're a businessman. Um, <laughs> you have a personal and business account. You can kind of mix the two because people who follow your business, it's you and the business are kind of the same thing, right? I, when we got your intro, it was like Neil Patel of Neil Patel. And I was like, well, I'm going to leave the second Neil Patel out. He's just Neil Patel. Um, so when people want to use Instagram for their B2B marketing, what should they be looking to get out of it? You said you don't get as much traction. What, like, what is it for? I mainly use it for branding and lead collection. So if I release videos on, you know, my ad agency, NP Digital offers marketing services. So if I create videos on marketing tips, and put my company logo in there, more people know about us. The other thing I do is I like putting in stories and some of the stories will be like, yeah, if you need, you know, like um, 
what do my stories will be like? Uh, do you leverage social media marketing for your business? Yes or no. And if they, you know, they'll click yes or no. And like, if you need help with it, or if you want to do a better job at it, swipe up and, you know, schedule a call with my ad agency and some people. Oh, so you've got direct call to actions right in your posts. Correct. More so in my stories and my posts every once in a while, I will too. So every month we do a webinar. So I may post saying like, Hey, I have an upcoming webinar on this topic. Like my last webinar was on, um, Google core update. It's one of their algorithm updates. And I had over a thousand people joining the webinar. And I was like, look, if you want to join the webinar and learn about this is free, click here, or go to the link in the bio and register. And right. I'll collect leads. And then my sales team will sell a portion of those people on services. So one thing I noticed on Instagram, it was quite confusing for me because there's so many different things. You have posts, you have videos, you have images, you have guides, you have reels, you have stories, you have exclusive stories, you have live. Like, are those just a bunch of different names for the same thing? Or are there really that many different ways you can put stuff out there? There are many different forms. So Reels is kind of like TikTok. Have you ever, are you on TikTok? <sighs> no, I'm not on TikTok, but my, uh, my wife and my daughter are, so I'm a little bit familiar with it. All right. So yeah. Instagram was just posts. Then they had IGTV, so you can put long-form videos on there. Then they have Reels, so then that way you can put like short 30-second funny clips or memes or anything that's entertaining. Uh, then they have Stories, kind of like Snapchat features. So if you look at a lot of the features Instagram ads, they look at the popular social networks that are popping up, like Snapchat has a version of Stories. Instagram copied that. Reels is a copy of TikTok's you know, feature of quick entertaining content of people dancing or doing funny stuff. So So are they schizophrenic? They're just adding everything, all these different things into the one platform. Every time something new shows up. Bingo. I I don't know if schizophrenic is the right word, but they definitely (laughs) are creating this all in one platform and it's very calculated. They're looking at what's popular and what the demand is. And that's what they're adding in. Does it, you think they're going to continue to do that or are they just looking for something to settle on and they haven't found it yet? No, I, I think they're content with where they're at, but they'll keep adding. If someone up comes, let's say I come up with a social network and let's call it Neil's social network. It's a crappy name, but let's just say it for, for this example. <laughs> and I have this really cool feature with virtual reality or augmented reality that everyone's using. And now I have like a billion plus users. Facebook doesn't like that, especially if they mm. try to say, hey, Neil, would you sell to me? And I say, no, I want to be independent. They will right. go rip that feature and add it to all their properties, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. So that way, hmm. you know, they're still the most popular social network. So Instagram is, is a social network thief. They're basically like, if you create something and don't sell it to us, we're just going to copy it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. If, that makes it sound bad. Yeah, because businesses do that all over the world, right? right. Like if your competition is doing something that you're not and it's working well, you better bet everyone else is going to copy you. And it's just normal in business. So they already have this platform. They just add another little function onto it and say, boom, now we got that too. Boom. Now Because their users that. are requesting it. If your users all yeah. tell you that, hey, we want these reels or we want these stories, you bet you, you're going to end up adding it. So for the entrepreneurs out there, just know if you have a great idea for something new, it will show up on Instagram as soon as it starts being successful <laughs> or just sell it to fate. Find a way to sell it to them first. <laughs> Look at Clubhouse. Everyone copied a lot of their features. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So getting back to the B2B 
And, and one thing I want to stay away from for the listeners, I understand most of the listeners don't have the following that you have. So a lot of the techniques you do um, may be universal, but some of them may also be, you know, there's a handful of people that can just say anything and a bunch of people follow. You have, you've built up this massive brand so you can do stuff a little bit different possibly. Sure. Um, but, but the stuff I, I break down as advice, it works for everyone. I try not to tell people stuff that only I can do. Like right. <laughs> you can do with like close friends and stuff like that, but that won't work because unless you have a lot of followers, it's useless. Right, right. You can say, uh, you know, show up for this and you're like, why don't you just do this? It gets you a hundred thousand people in your webinar and people are like, it doesn't work, Neil. I don't know why. Exactly. It's like, well, you don't, you don't have hundreds of thousands of followers and, and, and a great following across all these platforms. But, but um, here's the thing on Instagram. Okay. And it's actually on any social network. If you don't have a lot of followers, the easiest way to get traction is actually going live. So okay. Instagram, let, let's call Instagram Facebook for a minute because Facebook owns them. Facebook as a whole company, not facebook.com, but as a whole company, Facebook is competing with live TV. They're competing with the, I don't know what you would call it, the QVCs, the NFL. They're, comp they're competing with anyone who wants to watch one of those television tubes that's in front of me that you can't see. And what they're doing is they want that attention. So if you go live, they're much more likely to show it to a lot of people. All right. Oh, so now we're getting into the algorithms for restricting how much natural exposure you're getting. Um, so you're it's basically every, every one of these channels has these algorithms to figure out how to spread stuff and you have to figure out what do they want and then give it to them kind of not just the viewer, but the channel as well. Uh, so you're saying live is a great way to get them to push you out to more people naturally. Yes. That, that brings us then to the organic versus paid. Um, I'm so new on Instagram. Well, well is there you know, the paid live, version of exposure? Well, if, if you go live, you don't have to pay anything and you'll get more exposure. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with paying. I, I don't tell people, should you go organic or pay? I tell businesses, you should do anything that's profitable. If Instagram right. charges you, $5 a sale, but you're making 200 and most that's profit. Why wouldn't you do paid on the flip right. side? If, if you do organic and you're getting sales and it's generating you free revenue, why wouldn't you do that as well? Yep. Okay. Excellent. And then, so you have organic, you have paid, you can do either one, whatever works. Great. Is there a type of post? You said live posting most effective gets the, the best exposure. Well, you can also sell on live. Oh, interesting. Right? Because if, if we have a captive audience, think QVC, you can showcase the product. I got here this sound machine that helps put your babies to sleep. They won't cry. I got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so funny enough, I'm in my baby's room. So hence that. That's a great one. That's a travel one. You can bring it with you really easy. Yeah. It has the batteries and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, you can sell and it generates a lot of revenue and you just have to point them to a URL. Another strategy that works is just posting on your wall, you know, like, uh, or posting in your feed, uh, a product or service that you have, or, a, you know, a video that breaks on your product and the benefits and just being very direct and telling people to purchase. And what you'll find is even if you don't have a lot of followers, if you can create a ton of engagement, engagement, mainly being comments, it's really easy for someone to double tap and like an image. It takes a lot more work for them to leave a comment. So the more comments you get per post, 
the more viral you're likely to go. So you want the engagement and every time you get a comment, make sure you respond to it because that helps too. Now I noticed you don't respond to all your comments because you've got thousands of them. Um, when, <laughs> in order to manage something like that, uh, what about automations? I've heard um, that they're really trying to crack down on automations. Uh, but um, there's some automations that they'll allow. So I use a tool by Mobile Monkey that lets me auto respond to people who include me into uh, uh, in stories and they're mentioning mm -hmm. me. So I'm just telling them thanks. Or if they message me a direct response, you know, like in my inbox, but in the Instagram inbox, I can give them an auto canned response saying, Hey, I'll get to this. I got a lot of messages. Uh, if you need help with marketing, check out my ad agency, NP digital and little things like that. I'm actually getting clicks and driving sales from that. But this model has been working quite well. Um, and what we found from it is uh, with the auto response, Facebook, or in this case, more so Instagram, they're actually working with tools like Mobile Monkey to create those automations to help out their user base to make it easier for them. Because they know it's a pain for you to go through, you know, 500 messages yeah. a day or even 100. That's a really sad story. Like, oh no, I got so many responses. It's hard to handle. <laughs> um, Funny because a lot of people don't go through them, right? Yeah. It is a great multiplier on any platform. I know if I leave a comment and somebody and the person even likes the comment that made the post, I'm like, yay, I got recognized. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you remember that that person just, it gets in your mind as I like this person. Now they interacted with me directly. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So there are some automations that are allowed and, and you can use to manage some of that stuff. Good. Um, getting back to the organic versus paid, would you consider Instagram paid a good value right now? Yes. Or is, it, is it undervalued? Uh, it's undervalued. I see a lot of people making hand over fist income from their Instagram ads. Excellent. That's always... The number one thing, not knowing anything about Instagram, but about social in general is find the platform that's undervalued and pay the hell out of it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then I noticed on your feed, you have a lot of produced videos. And I had in my mind, maybe from the early days of Instagram, that it was only a kind of a, a lot, an unedited, unfiltered type of thing. Do they allow you to directly upload a video or is there some trick to being able to get a produced video into your feed? Yeah, you can upload photos or videos. So you don't even have to take a video with their application. You can just take a video and upload it. And that's what a lot of people do. Uh, so you can make the video, edit it, make it all slick like you do, and then, and then put it up in there. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. See, this is, I'm showing my lack of, uh, knowledge and Instagram, but hopefully many of the uh, listeners as well are like, okay, good. I, I wanted to know about that. Okay. Now what back, let's focus back to B2B marketing specifically. Um, you were mentioning that it's, you can do this directly generation and it's, it's undervalued for the, um, for the paid advertising on it now or the paid exposure. Not for every business, but for a lot of businesses. Exactly. Not, so that's what I was getting to. Profitable. Is there a type of business that it specifically works for and doesn't work for? So if people are listening and they're like, yeah, I got to run out and buy a bunch of Instagram exposure. And then they find out, oops, maybe not for my I, business. I've seen it work the best for e-commerce, of course, but I've also seen it work for B2B. Not in all cases in B2B, but in some cases. Like if you're selling stuff for a hundred thousand or a million dollars, 
not going to work well. Mm. We're selling, you know, lower price products. We find that it works much better. So it's kind of an impulse buy platform in, in that sense. If you're looking to do direct lead gen, straight flow through call to action things. Works amazingly well for impulse buys that have a catchy reason to buy. If you have a really good reason on like why someone should buy it and it's cool or looks amazing, a lot of times people just buy it. So for larger businesses or businesses with a larger product, maybe more of a lead magnet than a direct sale, direct through to purchase page type thing. For larger businesses, I just recommend collecting a lead and then getting someone on the phone and then selling them through the phone. That's the best way in my opinion. And maybe general branding, fun things to make people think you're cool or know you're cool. <laughs> Is there a difference between your marketing telling people to think you're cool or know you're cool? <laughs> yes, that's that's okay. just marketing so, branding. So uh, <laughs> there's, you're pretty much saying like, so, so here's the way I look at Instagram. Let's actually take it back a little bit, okay? If you want people to know your brand's amazing, your products are amazing, or know that you're cool or any of that kind of stuff, the way we look at it is how do you produce content that appeals to your audience? So like if I'm selling marketing services, I'll just go on Instagram and tell people how to get more Instagram likes. Now the people that pay us don't care for Instagram likes, but they're marketers and a lot of them are on Instagram like, oh, this appeals like, oh yeah, who's this guy? Oh, let me check him out. Oh yeah. Oh, they offer these other services. I like his advice. Let's just work with him. Believe it or not, a lot of it does work like that. Right. It's the Lone Ranger on radio. Nobody's buying the Lone Ranger. They're buying the soap during the commercials. You don't make the whole show about soap. You got it right. right. Going back. Everybody knows the Lone Ranger radio references. Come on. (laughs) I hope they do. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Um, I feel like we've gotten through a ton already. There's a ton more to go. I want to take a, a quick break though. Um, you're listening to the Ify Market Podcast. We have Neil Patel on here with us. We're talking about Instagram for B2B marketing and uh, we'll be right back with more. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted, high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, And get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. Welcome back to the If You Market podcast. We got Neil Patel here with us talking about Instagram for B2B marketing. Neil, before we get back into the Instagram of things or the Insta of things, as my daughter calls it, um, before we get back into that, let's talk a little bit about you. For any of our listeners who aren't already terribly familiar with you, um, how you got to where you are, where you come from, and also what your company does and and can do for for people. Sure. So I've been a marketer for 20 years now. 
Um, and I got my start by looking for a job online. When I was 16 years old, I want a high paying six figure job. Didn't realize it's not that easy. Most of them require college degrees. And I was looking online for jobs. Didn't qualify for any because I didn't have the certifications or the college degrees or the experience. But I saw these job boards like monster.com back in the day. They're multi-million dollar companies, if not potentially even billion dollar companies. So I was like, you know what? I'm a broke kid. I'm going to go build a job board because I can't start to find a job, right? So I paid some people a few thousand bucks from, you know, picking up trash at a theme park, um, built a job board. And so you paid developers to make the job board for you. Uh-huh. And did it work out? Well, the site launched and then no one came to it. I'm like, oh, you got to do this thing called marketing. That was so nice. Wait, wait. So you, you did the, if you build it, they will come and nobody came. Correct. <laughs> That's the whole theme to our podcast. That's right. Hammer it in one more time for everybody. If you build it, nobody will show up. You got to market the shit out of it and then they will. So then I had to learn marketing um, and I got good at it. Started getting tons of people to the site, 50, 60,000 people. But you know what? I was still making Damn, money. You didn't get good at it. You got great at it. But then I was still making no money. So it didn't matter too much. <laughs> and I quickly learned that, you know, I'm not good at this entrepreneur thing. I'm just good at driving traffic. So let me help other people drive traffic. I create a few- Let me drive traffic to somebody who's already converting and exactly. I'll just make money that way. There you go. Nice. So then uh, I decided to create an ad agency, did some cold calling, you know. Uh, what year are we talking about here? Ooh. I was around, well, two, 21, 22. Okay. So early, iPhone hasn't oh, come around. Yeah, yet. 2001, 2002. So somewhere 2001, around 2001, 2002. Yeah. All right. And even 2003, still doing the same old thing. You're competing with Craigslist initially. Yeah. So then yeah. I'm just going out there, cold calling people, try to convince them to pay me for marketing services. I was doing nighttime college classes in high school, give a speech on marketing. Someone hired me from there. I was, got lucky there and uh, started getting some gigs. And when I was 16, you know, I was making around 20 grand a month. Nice. Now, is that off of the um, the marketing gigs or the okay. driving traffic for people combination? Same thing. The marketing gigs were purely just driving traffic to people's websites. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had, I mean, not to say there wasn't a whole ton of hard work. Sounds like you were hustling there. The, the cold thing sucked, but yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely paid off. And you did the work. You went out, you raised some money, you paid some developers to make a site. It didn't get what you uh, want. You th- th- saw what worked, pivoted. Bingo. I, and I didn't raise money. I worked cleaning restrooms and oh, yeah. cash <laughs> to pay for that website. But yeah. You raised money with a toilet scrubber. Um, Pretty much. The, the old school way. Yeah. And boots, bootstrapped it. Um, and, but then you got fairly quickly to the point where you were having a lot of success. You were making really good money. Um, at, at that point in your career, you'd never work for anyone else's salary. I mean, you started working for yourself right away. Yeah. And then I started taking that money and investing into other stuff that didn't work out. And I invested more money than I had because I started borrowing money and that was a downward uh, spiral. But overall, the business did okay. And- so was that a result of having that success early on where you felt like, oh, now everything will work that I invest in? I know. And then you found out, oops, maybe you got successful too early almost and realized a lot of things fail. 
yes. And I thought that, hey, you know, whatever I touch, you just write some money and you make money like other people do. And I'm like, it's not that easy. Sarah. And if you could go back and tell yourself, you'd be like, not yet, but eventually. Yes. And it would be like, because <laughs> eventually I stopped doing the ad agency stuff because I'm like, this stuff doesn't scale. And I started doing more software and other companies, some work, some didn't. Um, and if you fast forward to today, well, at least for the last three and a half years, I've had an ad agency, NP Digital. And I'm right back to where I started. And, you know, what I learned is I should have just focused one business all in, go from there. So what did it end up scaling in that? Because initially you said this doesn't scale. I think that's what a lot of people look at. I have, you know, friends who are in a business and they're like, I, I can't scale my chiropractor business. I, what, what can I do to get into something that can scale? But you went back to the same thing that couldn't scale. But I mean, you kind of scaled yourself. What did you, how did you end up? Well, technology's changed now. You can use AI and machine learning to automate a lot of parts of services to make them more efficient. Still not truly scalable, but you can make them way more efficient. Right. You're not going Microsoft or something like that, but uh, you can still do pretty well for yourself um, with with the automation stuff that we have. Okay. Awesome. So you have a marketing agency. That's, is that your main thing now? My only thing. Your only thing. Okay. I think of you as the only thing. (laughs) So the mark, the agency stuff's in the back of the mind for me. Um, So throw out the agency name again there and we'll plug it at the end of the show and give the the URL and everything. NP digital. It used to be called Neil Patel digital. And then we removed my name from it to not be as reliant on it. That was like your uh, social media site, the Neil Patel social too. Yeah. Just NP maybe call it. There you go. (laughs) So you've got NP, NP digital. Um, and then what's the main thing you guys do? If people are looking for the kind of service, like they want you to drive a bunch of traffic for them. What, no. what would they come to you guys for? SEO, like getting you rankings on Google, helping you with your paid ads, whether it's Google, Bing, or Facebook, or Pinterest, or Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we offer like other marketing services, like for e-commerce, like helping you with your Amazon listings or walmart listings or helping you with conversion stuff or helping you with email marketing but we pretty much do anything that's digital marketing okay any type of uh it sounds like e-commerce is a big part are there any specific industries you All focus verticals. on we have over 500 clients so we have e-commerce we have b2b we have legion we have finance but we literally are in all sectors so if you build it and nobody came they can reach out to you at MP Digital and you'll market the shit out of it. And now they'll have the full package. I hope so. But yeah, that, no, we, we do our best. And if we couldn't, we would let you know before we even got started. So you think if, if you had you back in the early 2000s, your job board would have blew up. Although you did have you and you did drive traffic. It was more of a converting the product into, into Yeah, revenues. I wasn't good at the business side of that business. I was only good at the marketing side. I'm good at marketing. I'm actually terrible at the business side. So I have operations people who handle the business side that are much better than me. I was going to ask, how did you overcome that? Because you didn't I did take it. the path. A lot of people, they work at a company, they get up to a bigger company, they learn how everything works. Just like the developers, you hired people who knew that stuff, it sounds like. Yep. Yeah. Let them handle the business. You're making Instagram TikTok videos. There you go. <laughs> that makes it sound trivial. <laughs> You're marketing the shit out of things for people. I like it. Okay. Excellent. Anything else people should know about you um, and, and about your business before we get back to the Instagram stuff? No, I think we've covered it. All right. And of course, go look them up online and we'll put stuff in the show notes at the end of the show and everything like that. If you're not, again, already familiar with Neil Patel, 
check out his podcast, check out his Instagram is everything. Um, a lot of great stuff there. So back to Instagram for B2B marketing. Um, when people are creating their profile or maybe they already have a personal profile, but they want to start promoting their company, should they create a company profile, use their personal profile? How do they make that decision? Both. I create a company profile and a personal. You should do both. And you use both for business? Well, you do are, but you're a business, man. So what about them? <laughs> uh, within your bio on your personal profile, you can just let them know what you do for work and where they can find you. And you have your corporate account that's more corporate, but your personal one should also have a lot of personal stuff. And if you want to plug in your business every once in a while, you can do that as well. Okay. So mostly the business and the business side, but you can cross over some. Exactly. And I noticed on yours, again, a lot more crossover with somebody where your your personal image is a lot of the company. Um, you know, you've got... It, yeah, because it's similar brands, right? But most mm -hmm. people, their personal brands don't tie into their business brand. But if they do, or if they want to make themselves yes. a businessman, um, and then you'll be good if you, if that's what <laughs> you better copy like a Gary V. He's an amazing yep. job at it. Oh, so I saw that as one of the things too. There's a lot of apparently spying on Instagram. Businesses use it not just for lead generation, for direct uh, selling, driving traffic, but also spying on competition. Any thoughts in, in that area? Yeah, check out tools like Social Blade. You can actually spy on your competition for free and it really helps you out. But also they were saying just like going and looking at their posts and what type of posts they have and making sure that you are not vastly inferior or looking for the good ideas on stuff they're doing and, and that kind of thing. No, you got it right. The, the big thing though is what works for competition may not work for you, so you got to test. Mm. Once you find Especially if, yeah, don't look at Neil Patel and say, I want to be like him. Let me do what he's doing. You have three followers. You can't do the same thing and be successful. Like, it, you it, build may work, it may not. You just got to test. And you can take some of the stuff that Gary Vee's doing or me or the Grand Cardones or the Ty Lopez or now you because you're on Instagram. And you can just test and see what's working and what's not. Now, what about um, content? We, you said uh, live videos is a very effective is there anything else that's like one of their channels when it comes to content um you know people posting like puppy photos do we have um you know a lot of humor stuff what type of content and it doesn't matter is most effective you just have to test and see what works i've seen just good. stuff works, cat <laughs> stuff baby stuff i've seen people do funny voiceovers, music videos, dancing. I've seen people post serious content about having, you know, life events. I've seen people post about their business or webinars or products or services that they're selling. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You got to test because every personal profile is different. Okay. Yep. When in doubt marketing, test the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, so is there any advantages on Instagram? Things you can do there that you can't do on other platforms. You said earlier that it's a it's undervalued right now. There's one main it's advantage. Okay. The main advantage that I see on Instagram versus most social networks is people actually are trying to communicate and build relationships. Most other social networks, you don't get as much engagement. Now, Instagram is, you know, becoming harder and harder. And I eventually think LinkedIn will start taking a lot of the, the limelight. Um, but the beautiful part about Instagram is at least right now, you get tons of personal engagement that you wouldn't in other social networks. So at least right now, get in, it's 
it's undervalued on the paid side. You get good exposure naturally, organically as well, um, but it might not last forever as Ooh. all social platforms. Because <laughs> I remember when I first started posting on Instagram, you'd get on the dis- you'd get uh, more discovery traffic where they show your content that you're posting to other people. They do a lot less of that these days. Oh, I sign. It's a natural progression of social media. Everything's free. There's no ads. We're going to, you post something, it goes out to everybody in the platform. Eventually it goes out to not, you don't even see your own posts. And then pay. <laughs> and then, yeah, unless you pay, you can pay us, but then you can see what you just posted. Um, so right now it's uh, in a, a golden age, it sounds like for Instagram though, for um, taking advantage of it, both organic and uh, and and paid. I noticed when I created an the, account. The organic, not so much. The paid side, yes. Mm. Um, but organic, not so much is a golden age anymore. And the, even the paid oh. is declining. Okay. So get in quick before. It's, <laughs> now what's, what's coming then? What's the future for Instagram? Is it going to just kind of dwindle away? Or are they going to continue uh, to add these other things? They still will keep growing and add more features and get more people to use it. I saw something. Um, the head of Instagram said they're pivoting away from being primarily a photo sharing app. Well, that's what um, it started as, right? Then they added videos right. and then long form videos and then reels and then live and stories. Maybe not in that order, but you get the point that they just kept adding stuff. Yeah. It looks, it looks to me like they're basically saying, Hey, we're, we're going to have content creators. Like they're trying to directly compete compete with youtube which doesn't really have much of a competition you have the short video stuff here well, and there but you... well well they're not trying to just compete with youtube they're trying to create with anything that attracts attention <laughs> that could be, yeah that could be youtube that could also be netflix that could also right. be live tv you get what i mean right they're trying to create compete with any place where you can go and watch any form of content and engage with it Right. We want your eyeballs on us, not anyone else. That's it. I mean, that's, 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 that's marketing. We're trying to attract people to our channel so they can see our message. They're doing the same thing. They're trying to attract people to their channel because that's how they get paid. Yep. Uh, so it seems like it's a marketing turducken. You're just shoving <laughs> one company inside another, inside another here. Um, all right. Is there a uh, tech stack? You mentioned one tech that you use earlier uh, for kind of managing Instagram. Are there any other techs that you like? for for managing it no i mainly just use mobile monkey uh for the automation responses on instagram that's really all i use for instagram okay okay and then uh what should people look to stay away from on instagram like what are there any dangerous things to to do is there any pitfalls um the biggest thing is that watch out for spamming or like adding tons of followers following tons of people in hopes that they follow you back like just avoid the spammy stuff okay yeah, I've noticed there's a lot of uh, bots on these other applications where you know LinkedIn's a big one. Every day I'm getting these people saying, we got this tool, it'll follow 200 people a day and then some of them will look at you also yeah. and they're basically just mucking it up. Well, the problem with their algorithm is if you have a ton of followers who aren't engaging like fake followers, if you post something and they don't engage and you have some real followers as well, Instagram would be like, oh, majority of your followers don't want to engage. So we shouldn't even show it to anyone and barely show up. So it actually can hurt. Now, what about calling the herd? Should you put out a post every once in a while saying, hey, if you don't respond to this, I'm going to kick you off my channel because you're hurting my exposure. (laughs) 
you could potentially try to but as you get more and more followers it's it's really hard like i don't know how you go to through two hundred thousand people or a million people and be like unfollow unfollow un, or like technically you're not following them but like you'd block them it's an empty threat yeah <laughs> it's an empty threat but hey maybe you get you probably are a bunch of angry responses just as good and most social platforms there's no unlike button um they're just like we just want attention doesn't matter if it's good or bad Exactly. So if you're angry, you'll still get the You can piss your followers off and get them to make a bunch of uh, angry uh, posts. And it's just as good as far as the algorithm goes. Pretty much. Maybe not for your brand, though. Don't listen to me when it comes to Instagram. Listen to Neil. Yeah, don't piss <laughs> people off if you can help it. But yes, yeah. it, it doesn't mean you'll get less traffic. Usually if you have, like, if someone says something racist, you know, they'll remove it, which is great. Or if they, they do something that's like, you know, hurtful, they're supposed to police and remove it, which is great. Um, but if you post something controversial, uh, a lot of times it does get tons of engagement. Okay. Yeah. It's basically when you're looking to get attention, you create the WWF, you don't create uh, you know, public access interview channel. <laughs> we got to start yelling at each other a lot more, Neil, so I can get some people to pay attention. <laughs> Say something controversial. Come on, man. Okay. So like all other channels, you want to make quality content, get people to interact with it, look to build an audience. You said paid right now is a great value on Instagram. So maybe people are looking to get in, experiment with paid right away to try to get some traffic, some results, and, and see if that that works for you. Um, any other little tricks, little things you like to do with your Instagram? One thing that I love doing on my Instagram is uh, stories. And in my stories, okay, like let's say you you send paid traffic to your site. Typically, you send them to a landing page. Take that landing page, break it up into sections, okay? So you have your top part and just put in stories because you can only fit so much on the screen. So you're just cutting it up so that way it fits within stories. So whatever message you would try to sell when you drive people to a right. landing page, just show it to them in the story. And then your last one would be swipe up so that way they can just go and buy. So instead of trying to drive traffic to your to a landing page and try to convince them to buy, keep them on Instagram and just show them your content that you, your sales copy in the story. Excellent. All right. I got a little uh, interruption there while you're talking, but I got okay. it. The listeners got it even better. We all got monsters crawling around our houses and jumping into things these days that used to get you a lot of attention. Now, now it's normal. No, got to find something new. <laughs> got to find something new. All right. Uh, that's fantastic. We're coming down uh, to the end here. I want to make sure we get everything out so people can, can find you. Of course, I guarantee if you Google Neil Patel, he will be the first page to 10 pages of results. So really easy to find Neil, uh, neilpatel.com. But you've got the Marketing School podcast. I've been a subscriber for a long time. Love it. A lot of great content there. Um, marketingschool.io. Of course, you can find them on LinkedIn. You can find them on Instagram. You can find, we're not going to, I'll put the links in the uh, show notes, but um, really easy to find people in those places. I noticed when I created my Instagram, like, I don't even know if there are that many Kardashians, but it seemed like nine out of the 10 people they showed me like, hey, do you want to follow? We're all Kardashians or Jenners or some other amalgamation of that. Now it's much more accurate. Well, if they have data on you, 
it's much more accurate. If they don't, then they show you who's popular and who other people like. Mm, yeah, I didn't give them anything. But like, let's say if you tied it into your Facebook account or your phone number and they're pulling all this data and they already know everyone who are, you already follow on the other platforms that they control, it makes it easier. Now, what about, I know uh, some other platforms when you sign up, you kind of tell them the things you're interested in. If I told them like, hey, I'm interested in science and marketing, they would have given me Neil Patel and Neil deGrasse Tyson, all the Neils and Neils. I said, I'm interested in Neils, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, Neil Patel. Who else can I, uh, can I, can I get Armstrong. this just a Neil? You know, you get the- Neil Armstrong, yeah. <laughs> Oof, got a trifecta of Neils. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, some of them do that. It's all about onboarding and they just try to test and see what works for them as a platform to get the most users. But they want to make it as simple as possible and ideally not have you click a lot of things and they just want to show you what you're looking for, hmm. ideally. So if you're not interested in something, don't select it just to see what it's about, or they'll start feeding you a bunch more of that probably. Yeah, but over time, it should fix itself. Hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, they've gotten pretty good with these algorithms. I mean, it was messy uh, early on, but they keep learning and adjusting and learning to feed you what you want and need. Uh, so that'll work. Now, anywhere else people should go to find you? Anything else they should know about? Do you have anything coming up? Not uh, that really. kind of stuff. You guys have got it all, neilbatel.com. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, you can find that all on the show notes. Um, more information on Neil Patel and that's uh, ifyoumarket.com. And one more time, what was the website for your company? NPdigital.com. How can I forget that? NPdigital.com. Um, we'll have that on the show notes as well. And uh, please share us on social media. Tell a friend. Give us a good review on iTunes. You know what? Give us a bit. Just give us a review on iTunes. Um, <laughs> We're not going to tell you to give us a good one, but seriously, come on, if you listen this far. And uh, on behalf of the Iffy Market Podcast team and uh, Neil Patel, thank you for listening to the Iffy Market Podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with Instagram, they will come. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.